Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. I feel like I'm shaking on the inside. I've got some things i got to say. And uh, I want Miss Karen to come up and just share. Uh, we do have our sound system repaired. We don't have it reinstalled yet. So we're going to just share a mic, Miss Karen and I. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, Frankenstein. <laughs> Siamese twins. <laughs> Seriously. But I want her to share, and the reason I, reason I want her to share is I believe the keys, and, and the title of today's message is 2021, uh, the keys to 2021. Um, I have several keys I want to talk about, and and prayer is going to have to be on the forefront, mm-hmm. or the ship of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to sink in America. Mm-hmm. And if I'm saying that corporately, I'm saying that personally. The this church will sink without prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning um, I was sitting with the Lord as I do, and he gave me a list of things, and he also gave me a list of names that we can call ourselves by. But the thing that's been on my heart, and I did share with Pastor Charlie, is um, I have been concerned about consistency, even in our own prayer ministry here at Identity Church. I know things are really hard for a lot of people, but I think... um, one of the intercessors mentioned to me even this morning that the spirit of fear has really uh, caused us to mismanage our priorities uh, in our homes and in our churches, not just our church, but every church. Uh, our perspective, it has caused our perspective to get blurry. We need a, we need a checkup with the optometrist, Jesus. Okay, I didn't tell you to preach my message. Uh, well, and I said to Stephanie, I said, we need an IV. We wow. need a Jesus IV. We need to get our perspective back and uh, become the intercessors that God has desired us to be. Father wants us to look like his son. His son is the greatest intercessor. Uh, Our command is to be at rest in Psalms 149, to be at rest upon our beds, but with our sword in our hand. And I think that that is something that we've kind of got a little bit out of kilter in 2020. He gave me two words this morning during worship. He said continuity and consistency. Hmm. And continuity means the unbroken and consistent existence of operations over a period of time. And I think in 2021, we have to really govern ourselves, our emotions, govern our perspective, and let us get back into the consistent place of praying and petitioning heaven. Jesus went away at times when he was around his disciples and he sought his father's advice. He sought his father's direction. He sought his father's voice to know where to go next. And that's what we have to do in 2021. Um, This was something else too. Uh, there has been, uh, and we're all aware of this, it's Psalms 57.6. It says, they spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down 
in distress. They dug a pit in my path. But the promise of the Lord in that psalm is, but they have fallen into it themselves. So we can see that, that over the last four years, a net has been thrown over our nation, over the body of Christ, and we need to learn to use our sword and cut the knots in the net. Cool. That's what we need to do. So I am proposing, which I did in December, this Friday night at my house at 6 o'clock, whoever wants to come, and I'm calling all the intercessors to come, bring a finger food, and we're going to sit around and talk about what it means to truly network prayers. How do we unravel this net that's been around us so that we can stand firm and start declaring and proclaiming the heart of the Father? Not just for our church or our families, but for this nation as well. The other thing I wanted to say is I'm on, on the floor over there, and I had in my day timer go to the gym this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 8 to 9 o'clock. And the Lord said, the best gym is in my house. My house. His house. Here. So I crossed out and I changed my day timer. I will be here from 8 to 9, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. If there's anyone at all that wants to join me, great. If not, I'm going to be here by myself. But I'm going to listen to what he said because I want to be an example and I want to set an example for the house. We have to get back to corporate prayer with purpose. And so... In my present situation, I, it's very complicated in my family, and I can give 8 to 9, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you can be here to join me, please join me. Now I'm going to tell you what he said to me this morning. He said to prepare, to be ready, to hold on, to be strong, to focus, to train, because the battle will be fierce in 2021. Okay? And he said, I'm sitting there, and he says, this is who you are. So this is who we are. If you choose to look at it this way, then that is who you'll be. You will be radical rebels, reluctant to relinquish the rights of just claims as U.S. citizens and as citizens of heaven. Mm. That's a strong word. We have to attain a backbone that comes directly from heaven. Amen. We have to. Or what Pastor Charlie says is true. If we don't become integrated as a house in prayer, aware of what's happening with all of us, if we don't come together and pray together, it's not going to look pretty. That's all I can say. Because the battle's going to be fierce this year. Yep. So I just encourage you, come to my house if you can, Friday night, 6 o'clock, and we'll talk about the prayer of agreement and the power of the prayer of agreement. Amen. 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 So let me make some very blunt statements. There are keys to the survival of the church, survival to individuals that we're going to talk about today. The number one key is your relationship with the Lord, which is prayer. Yeah. 
prayer is going to be the key. Um, and and here's here's something I, I'm going to just I'm going to be extremely open and vulnerable in a lot of areas today. I'm going to share some of my journey. I'm going to share what God has been speaking to me as a prophet because I don't feel like I'm your pastor today. I feel like I'm a prophet, and I will have to back up what I believe God is telling me to to say. So this morning, I'm be, I was being a smart aleck, and I saw uh, Diana and um, Preston coming out of their car toward the, the front door. So me being a smart aleck, I locked the door, and I hid because <laughs> I wanted to see their expression, thinking the church was locked. And I'm like giggling on the inside. As they walk up, I heard Holy Spirit say, your joke is going to backfire on you. Because they have keys to the building. <laughs> what the Lord was saying is the enemy cannot deceive you and tell you a door is locked if you have the keys. I'm going to give some keys. We, we started off in worship, and, and I asked you to, to, to bathe in worship to prepare to hear some things that you may not want to hear. I want you to go back and listen to the first message I said, the tune-up of the book of James, and then the, the message that Bill Vanderbush gave, and then the one that I just did about the, the second tune-up out of the book of Hebrews. I believe that, that the, the God was setting the stage for what I'm preaching today. Go back and listen to them. I have. I went, man, that's really good. I should have wrote that down. <laughs> There's, there's keys to our survival and our victory. I'm telling you, prayer is probably the number one key. And here's the problem is integrity in prayer is whether it's a usable key. Integrity is a key. And I'm going to share some things that... that, that uh, I hate to, because you know what? I've been a prophet hidden in a cave, and sloppy cave living ain't going to work anymore. I, you've heard me say that. And, and God is putting his finger on, on me personally, which, by the way, it happens to be you, because you decided to hang out with me. And we are going some places, and we're going to do some things, and some there's some 25 and your promises that God has said we will do. Go and look at the, 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 the message of Bill Vanderbush. He gave he, Isaiah 126, if we can put that up. And I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. And afterwards, you shall be called the city of righteousness the faithful city. Karen said it. Listen, we haven't been faithful in our prayer life. And when you're not faithful in your prayer life, I'm telling you, you have an excuse not to obey God. Because when you're not faithful in your prayer life, you can water it down. <clears throat> you, can, you can justify it. God still holds you accountable. So when Bill Vanderbush came with that scripture, it hit me. 
I talked personally about this. See, Bill knows me out traveling. Others know me out when I'm traveling. And I'm more of a prophetic voice there, functioning as a prophet, functioning as a judge. This house hasn't seen me judge much, but you're about to. Because I'm called to be a judge. Ten days prior to Bill Vanderbush, Brian Higby called me and says, I had a vision about you, and you were in a baseball game, and you had a catcher's mask on, and the problem is you think you're the catcher, but you're actually the umpire calling balls and strikes. God has anointed you to call balls and strikes. God is putting you back into a position to call balls and strikes, and I saw you with the authority that when that ball left the hand, you called it a strike, and it became a strike. You called it a ball, and it became a ball. It's time for the creative power of the prophetic voice to happen and then he comes up with I'm restoring the judges it's in the beginning I I understand functioning as a judge God shut it down when we started this church because I needed to be softer I needed to be more pastoral I passed the test I love you all kind of And all the gifts are needed. And all the offices are needed if if the body of Christ is going to be what it's called to be. Listen. Uh, Let's go to let's go to First Peter. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote First Peter four twelve. For it is time for judgment to begin in the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? God is bringing judgment to the house of God. I'm going to tell you the condition of our nation is because the house of God has been in rebellion to the spirit of God. And we've allowed the enemy to steal our nation. And I don't want to hear about they stole the election. No, we gave that up 40 years ago. We gave it up 40 years ago as the body of Christ. And now we want to cry now. Let's go back into verse 12 of the I want to, I want to set the stage for why he said it is time for judgment. Verse 12, beloved, do not be surprised by the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange was happening to you. Listen, the, the, the American church is about to get tested like it's never been tested. We've already been tested. I'm, I'm going to say some things because on November the 3rd, I was in Georgia with no internet and no cell service. He completely isolated me from this political stuff. Here's what he said to me. I don't need you involved in this round, but in the second round, I need you. So we haven't even finished the first round. God's up to something. And I'm going to tell you something. If Trump gets in, it'll be an absolute God miracle. Do I believe there was corruption on all sides? There is corruption in our nation. Susie and I went on vacation, and we, we, we were... We went to Charleston, South Carolina. I'm going to speak about that in the middle of some stuff here. But, but, but what happened um, in 1997, October the 4th, 1997, God had called me to a 40-day water-only fast. 
It ended on October the 4th, 1997, when I was in Washington, D.C. at the mall with a, over a million promise keepers in a march called Stand in the Gap. And I was praying and repenting for the sins of America. I was a fairly new Christian, but I had that prophetic thing on me. And I had just finished my, I literally ended my 40-day, first 40-day, first of seven 40-day water-only fast in Washington, D.C. And here's what I heard God say to me. I said it to Susie on vacation today. She goes, oh, I remember you saying that. Here's what the Lord said. Because the leadership of America will not judge correctly Bill Clinton and his sin, America is going into a cycle of corruption that if the church doesn't stand up, we'll destroy it. That was 24 years ago. And I'm telling you, leadership has a different responsibility than a new babe. And leadership is the judgment that God is bringing to the house of God. And the problem is, is leadership is now trying to water down why we are where we are. I'm telling you, it's out-out rebellion, and it's out-out lack of integrity to the scriptures. It's out-and-out lack of integrity to hearing the voice of God and obey, obey, obedience. You guys okay? I feel like I'm preaching about 10,000 people right now. Sure. See, the problem is, Christians, we're afraid of a test. Because you haven't, you, you haven't valued the victory. We, we're afraid of a test. We're afraid of rejection. Well, you know, if you tell that homosexual that he needs Jesus, he's going to be offended. Too bad. He still needs Jesus. And we're afraid to actually get dirty enough and love them enough to actually help them. Verse 13, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Did we not sing that? The revealing of his glory? 14, If you are insulted for the name of Christ... In other words, if you shrink back from being a Christian, mm -mm -mm, mm -mm. you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. But let none of your let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief. Suffer because you're standing for Christ, not because you're a con artist. Not because you are a murderer with your mouth. Not because you're a thief, because you lack integrity. As an evildoer or as a meddler, we've been meddling in the devil's gossip and not repeating the word of the Lord. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him be glorify God in that name. Verse 17. Then this is, for this is the time of judgment to begin in the house of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel, the good news of God? Listen, I'm telling you, judgments come to the church. And I, as a leader, repent for the sins of the church, for the condition of this nation that God looks to us.
and it has to change. Integrity. Proverbs 10.9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Some of your lack of being able to be secure, some of your double-mindedness is because you have no integrity. But he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. He that walks uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known, the King James Version. Integrity is never afraid of detection because it never acts in deceit. Proverbs 20, verse 7, The righteous who walk in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. You want your children blessed? Walk in integrity. The one thing that my oldest son said to me when he decided to go live somewhere else because he didn't like my, mother, my, my, my wife. No, it was me. I went and saw him after four or five weeks living at another person's house. And he says, you know, Dad, Steve's mom said something to me that, that I didn't get the character and the integrity I have on my own. It came from you. And she saw it in me. Then he says this. He says, do you know why the people of the church don't like you? I said, why? He says, because they think that, that you're like them. I said, what do you mean? They live a double life. They act one way in church, and they act one way outside of the church. He said, you're just nuts all the time. <laughs> what he was saying is I had enough integrity to be myself and be who God called me in both arenas. That's integrity. The King James version of that is, the just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed from him. Listen, you want your children blessed? <laughs> the righteous man will be rewarded by, by the fact that his children are blessed because of his integrity, even after his death. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to probably read the whole chapter. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Excuse me? We're afraid of a test that we've already won if we surrender to him. But the temptation he will also... Provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. A way of escape. God always gives us a way of escape. I'm talking about integrity. I'm going to tell you I've been tested in integrity in the last two or three months. Be in the open book. Let's share some. I go to Costco's. I buy meat that I dry age. And they're 240, you know, 20 pounds is like 240 bucks. And I find one that is about 19 pounds, and it's $13.80. Yay, God, I win. I put it in my cart. My first thought is, they're going to scan it, and it's going to catch it, and this is going to be 240 bucks, like the other one that I bought, I bought two. I get up, and they scan it, and it says $13.80. I had a way of escape, and I didn't take it. I must be blessed. That was 
That's on them. I didn't price it, but I ignored it. I go out of Costco's. I'm getting ready to get into my vehicle. He says, deception sure is funny, isn't it? So what? He says, you've deceived yourself in calling it the blessing. I call you a thief. I put stuff in the car and I I went and found me a manager. I said, man, I think there's a mistake here. And I, I, I got to have integrity in this. Here's the test of integrity. Because I won't be called a thief by God because I have that kind of integrity. But my integrity is also manipulative. Because I'm thinking he's going to feel sorry and give it to me. No, he rang it up and got another $183. As I'm going back to the car with my... Now, because it was 13, you know, $200 piece of meat, he goes, now you're a man of integrity and not a thief. Did I pass that test? Ultimately. But I did not take the way of escape when the first lady was ringing it up. I don't think I passed the test. Ultimately, I think I passed the test. But too far to the edge. So what was God showing me? Hmm. We did some vacationing. And uh, me and computers, we have issues. And I got on to that. Uh, VRBO website, you know, you rent the house. And I tried to rent one, and phew, it was a perfect, man. It was a perfect one. Mountains, the whole nine yards. And this idiot didn't update his calendar, and he wouldn't give it to me. Ticked me off. Now I'm mad. Now I'm, I got this whole trip planned. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to go to this city for three days. We're going to go to the mountains for four or five days. Then we're going to go to Charleston, and we're going to have a beautiful time. And then I can't find the mountain stuff, so I find a house on the lake. I find three of them, a house on the lake. And I'm looking at them, and I I had to wait and show Susie which one here we're going to do. Long story short, I rented a house, I thought. I'm like, man, I'm getting a lot of emails for one house. Three days later, I finally get on the website. I had rented Two houses on the same date. $1,440 for this one, $1,255 for that one. I panicked. Holy moly. You you know what my first thought was? I don't want to hear it from Susie. I mean, stupid is is what stupid does. Okay? So, so... So I am trying to figure it out, and they're like, dude, I'm only a week away. You don't get your money back. And the website said, you don't get your money back. I bought two houses. But there's this little thing said for 
a small amount, you can get trip insurance. So I buy $87.56 on the bigger house, and I pay $78.15. So I got trip insurance on both. So now I spend another $160 for trip insurance because we're going to need someone. One of them two houses ain't going to get lived in, and I want my money back. That's not wrong to plan that, is it? Is it? No, because I'm just going to say, listen, unforeseen situations, I couldn't go. That was my thought. That I was kind of integrity. I I can't go. This is what you buy in church. When I first realized I did both houses, I cried to Jesus. Jesus, help me. Susie's going to kill me. (laughs) The way of escape came in this voice. Call the man who owns this house and tell him your situation. The website said no. So I had to do some thing dangling and to get his number. I own the house. Now I got to talk. You know, I got a number. And, and, and he had a... Anyway. I leave a message. Please give me a call. I didn't tell him. And I'm, I've got these dates and rented your house and... He doesn't call. Meanwhile, I do the trip insurance, and I have this concocted this whole plan to get out of it. In my concocting, I was willing to lie. I hadn't lied, but I knew I was willing to. So we're out to dinner. Christmas Eve, and he calls. I don't take his call because I don't want my wife to hear me lie. Now that was integrity. That's what I thought it was. What am I saying? When you miss the way of escape and you lose the integrity of obedience, when you, he gave me a way of escape. He called that man. I didn't believe him. And I concocted and spent more money to fix this, willing to lie, tell the man I had COVID. God, God said, go ahead. Hmm? I said you were going to have COVID. Somebody was going to have COVID in that house. So, so what is it? Listen, that, that's manipulation to a pandemic that I don't want nothing to do with. You, 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 are you hearing the integrity trial here? So I wake up the next morning. We're getting ready to go on a vacation, and I'm... I'm reading this travel insurance stuff because I'm out money. Point blank blatant, I'd have to lie. And I stood on my integrity and I had to walk into the bathroom and tell Susie, dude, I have a problem and I need to face it. 
told her what I did. I even told her I did the trip in church. I, I can't do it. And I looked at her and I said, listen, we have the favor of God on our lives right now. I cannot jeopardize this. And if I lose $1,250, I lose $1,250. Are you okay with that? She goes, yeah. She was okay with that. I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Susie's the one with the integrity. So we started our vacation. We drive for three or four hours. I get into South Carolina. I stop at McDonald's. to get. She needs to go to the bathroom. I go to get coffee. I'm waiting on my coffee, and the Holy Spirit says, you know, I gave you a way of escape. You didn't take it because you don't believe I'm that good. You put your own plan in place. And the lack of integrity is not obeying me. I repented. I said, I'm sorry. He says, good. Call the man. Call the man. And I called the man. I said, listen, I have a situation. And he's like, listen, I hate that website too. He said, I'm not positive, but I think I can just cancel it on my side. And I don't know if they're going to charge that portion that they take from, I don't know. If they do, I'll let you know. Two days later, got all my money back. I need to take a small collection to give back to Susie. It's $164 total that I did not need to spend. Okay. All right. That's integrity. We're taking your money twice. (laughs) Listen. Personal integrity is having character in the dark when nobody knows it. And you won't have character in the dark if you don't realize that he's the light. You're going to have to have integrity in your marriages. The integrity in the marriages is that it's a covenant and it's a life covenant. And if you're unwilling to die for your covenant, you will always want to kill the one you're in covenant with. Did you hear that? Marriages have been on the assault. Since 1987, I'm going to quote some things. As leadership of your marriage, you're responsible to keep the doors closed in every arena, in every arena, including sexual purity. You're going to have to have integrity in your covenant relationships. The elders of this house I'm in covenant with. when I need to run stuff by them that I I don't want to run by anybody else because I need counsel or I need a slap in the head or 
I need a pat on the back or something. You got to have enough integrity in those covenant relationships that you would trust with your life that can tell you you're wrong and you're okay with obeying them. You hear me? The Lone Ranger leader without covenant relationships will not be safe from deception. They're called blind spots because you can't see them. Doesn't mean the people you're in covenant with can't see them. And if you don't trust them, you will be blindsided. Prophetic integrity. We've had a lot of prophets prophesy Trump's going to be in the White House four more years. Lord told me I don't have a voice in the first round of what he's doing, and I'm going to tell you something. I have a feeling he's doing something bigger than I know, bigger than I can imagine. And man's, man's ability is over. Anything beyond where we're at today that helps the church get where it's supposed to be is God. And I'm going to make a statement to you as a prophet. The Lord told me to stand with the prophets. If Trump gets in, great. But I'm going to tell you, if he doesn't, the prophets still were not wrong in the fact that the church is going to have to step up with integrity and power. And God's about to pull the covers back. And the very corruption that he spoke to me in 1997 on October the 4th is leadership, leadership's inability to judge Bill Clinton for his behavior will put this nation into cyclical cycles of corruption. And it's not just Democrat. It is completely across the board. And I'm telling you, it needs to come down if necessary, completely annihilated and a new system put in place. I would not be surprised if a third party doesn't emerge. I've been instructed, and I told Susie this morning, I've been instructed to pull my Republican card and go independent. Because I'm going to choose independently what God tells me to do with no party line. I have one party line, it's Jesus Christ. His righteousness, and it's always been that way, but I've always ah, protected the republic. Listen, there's some things I can't protect on the Republican side either. I'm, I'm, Jesus had integrity in the prophetic release of information when some of his disciples were not ready to comprehend what he was saying. As a prophetic house, we have a tendency to enjoy finding the breadcrumbs that God leaves. Some people don't like that. They want to hear yes and no, black and white. I don't want to hear how you got the word... I don't want to hear how we hear. And some people that do that get critical, and then they, they, they disqualify people 
that are like that. I've got God messing with me to the point I called my oldest son and I shared some of the prophetic crazy stuff that's been going on on the inside of me while my wife and my friends were in a chariot in a, in a uh, horse-drawn carriage in Char- uh, Charleston, and I'm having encounters. I'm having visions back when I was in Africa and sh- seeing the Underground Railroad and racism being annihilated out of America. I'm having encounters because the lady said, Charleston is the largest slave port for the African slave trade. Like 70% of the slaves came through Charleston. I go into an absolute encounter I hear God speaking to me. My life journey is coming to the forefront to deal with some things. And I realized, I told him, I said, I'm pretty mature because I didn't ruin our vacation with crazy finding the breadcrumbs. I've matured. Because there had been a time I'd have said, Susie, vacation's over. Because God's, I'm sitting in the chair and he says to me, he says, this city will be a pearl of value to you. Well, if I'd have heard that 10 years ago, I'd have canceled everybody, and I would have gone and started getting prophetic, find out prayer, go find somebody. I just know I need to go back by myself. And then we went to dinner and found two pearls in oysters. What was the, what was the odds? One in 10,000 to find a pearl that size in an oyster, and I found two. That makes me want to go searching for the other breadcrumbs. But my integrity is, if I do that, she will kill me. Because she don't care about the breadcrumbs. That's not her language. It's also not her calling. Her calling is to help me not get killed. And one way was don't ruin her vacation. Her or me? So I I call my son. I'm like, man, this is just. And 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 here's his encouragement. Are you surprised? You've always been crazy. You're just getting better at it. Dad, I've seen you speak for God, and your voice is like thunder when you do. I've never forgotten that. It's time to get in the middle of the storm again and start thundering. See, when you avoid the storm, you lose the thunder of the storm. But he says, I'm going to put you in a storm, and you'll be the calming voice of the storm. Listen, it's time to do some things. I'm going to go back to um, Kathy. Let's go back to that 13th verse of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He will not let you be tempted upon your ability. So if you are failing in your temptation, it means you are choosing to fail and not take that road of escape because you lack integrity with the voice of God. If I would have listened to the voice of God 
and waited for that phone call and talked to the man, I would not have been tested in my integrity that I scheme had put in. Does that make sense? But with the temptation, you will always provide, always, say always. Always. (laughs) Provide a way of escape that you may not, that you may be able to endure. Go to verse 12. What did I do there, Kathy? Uh, Let's go to uh, verse 1 of that same chapter. I'm sorry. Verse 1. 10-1. You got to realize that's a great scripture to pull out of context. He always gives you a way of escape. And we quote it flippantly, don't we? You need to read the, 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 the verses above it. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. This is where our nation is. That your fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. He's talking about the church's history in the wilderness. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown. That word overthrown is they were laid low. The church has been laid low. We've lost our influence, we've lost our voice, we've lost our righteousness, and we've lost our ability to stand for what the Bible tells us to stand because we've laid low in the wilderness. Verse 6, now these things took place as examples for us that we may not desire evil as they did. 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell into a single day. Verse 9, we must not put Christ to the test. Listen, if you don't have integrity with the voice of God, you will put Christ to the test to where he's either going to have to operate in mercy to you, or he'll have to use his judgment with grace. Because he's a good father, and he's going to discipline the church. We must not put Christ to test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. Those are demonic things. Nor grumbling, that's a heart thing, as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse 11, now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the age has come. Verse 12, therefore let anyone who thinks he stands take heed that he falls. There's only one grace that will help you stand. That's integrity with Holy Spirit. You can stand with confidence when you have integrity with him. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will always provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. Verse 14, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I've heard some of the prophets back up and say, I missed the prophecy. One of them put a book out 
and, and said when these three things happened, two of the three things happened, and the third thing was that Trump would be in the, in the White House. He's now repented. He says, we've made, we, we have idolatry toward Trump. We've made him our God. And he's repenting for missing his prophecy. That's on him. But I'm telling you, I don't think his principle's wrong. When you idolize the man in the office is not instead of the man who put him in the office, you're wrong. But I'm going to tell you, the problem is, is we have had the most pro-church president in the history. And the church is more divided because we don't have integrity to the word of God. And it's divided on every side. And we've used the sloppy grace message to wink at sin. And the enemy, with a small percentage, has destroyed this nation because they came into oneness, they came into unity, and the church can't get there. I had a dream five nights ago now, and I was in, 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 in the bulkhead of a boat, a big ship, and I had a sledgehammer, because, you know, if you read the, the, the last uh, message I did, the Word of God is called a hammer. I didn't realize that until I listened to it again. But I was having a sledgehammer, and I was beating these rivets that were starting to separate and pull as two big plates of steel were trying to separate. And I was beating these rivets to, to hold the two plates together. I was just beating these rivets. Don't, don't break. Don't give loose. Don't let this thing come apart at the seams, or this ship is going to sink. God, is that the nation? He says, no, it's the church. And as the church goes, the nation sinks. I didn't call you to get into the political arena, although you'll probably be in it. I called you to get the church back into alignment. I called you to put the church on notice. You're either going to submit to the political spirit or the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, Feel like I'm getting ready to swing a sledgehammer again. Because the body of Christ that are supposed to be submitted to the Lord, and I'm talking, this ain't Democrat versus Republican. This is political versus holy. And it's across the board. I believe when God pulls the covers back, you're going to find people that you thought that had integrity had none. None. Yeah, but the problem is, don't get all slap happy because it starts with you first. How many, how many, how many went out and bought trip insurance? <laughs> Verses 14 and 15 of 10. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to the sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. I'm going to tell you where this started. Started with less than 3% of America in unity for one cause. I'm going to read an article written by Michael Swift, 
who worked for a publication called the Gay Community News. It was written during the con it was written it was read during the congressional debate by former Congressman William Danemeyer, who also entered it into congressional records. Here's a short excerpt from that shocking statement. This was 33 years ago. Ron Culver gave me this information the other day out of a book that James Dobson wrote, Raising Boys. 33 years ago. Here's what the homosexual movement documented to Congress. We will sodomize your sons, emblem, emblems of your feeble masculinity, of your shallow dreams and vulgar lies. We shall seduce them in your schools, in your dormitories, in your gymnasiums, in your locker rooms, in your sports arenas, in your seminaries, in your youth groups, in your movie theater bathrooms, in your army bulkheads, bunkhouses, in your truck stops, in your all-male clubs, in your house of congresses. Wherever men are with men together, your sons will become our minions and will do our own bidding. They will be recast into our image. They will come to crave and adore us. All laws banning homosexual activity will be revoked. Instead, legislation shall be passed which en engenders love between men. All homosexuals must stand together as brothers. We must be united artistically, politically, and financially. We will triumph only when we present a common face to the vicious heterosexual enemy. The family unit, spawning grounds of lies, betrayals, mediocrities, hypocrisies, and violence will be abolished. The family unit, which only dampens imagination and curbs free will, must be eliminated. Perfect boys will be conceived and grown in the genetic laboratories. They will be bonded together in a communal setting under the control and instruction of a homosexual servant. All churches who condemn us will be closed. You think that ain't getting ready to happen? All our gods are handsome young men. We adhere to a cult of beauty, moral, and ecstasy. All that is ugly and vulgar and banal will be annihilated. Since we are alienated from middle-class heterosexual conventions, we are free to live our lives according to the dictates of the pure imagination. For us, too much is not enough. We shall be victorious because we are filled with varicose, I can't, V-E-R-C-I, 
O-U-S, bitterness, whatever, voracious, voracious bitterness of the oppressed who have been forced to play seemingly bit parts in your dumb heterosexual shows without the ages, went after the media. We too are capable of firing guns and manning the barricades of the ultimate revolution. Tremble, you hetero swines, when we appear before you without our mask on. Michael Swift's Goals of the Homosexual Movement, Gay Community News, February 1987. That was 33 years ago, and they have accomplished it. They've accomplished it because of one reason. They had a common enemy, common goal, and they laid their life down for what they wanted. They had enough unity to change a nation. And at the body of Christ, uh, listen, I, I'm going to take this, I'm going to break it down, and I'm going I'm to flip that letter into what the body of Christ needs to do. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be taken out. We are at that threshold right now. The president-elect, vice president, hates the church. Hates the church. Here's my mixed emotion. We may need that to wake the church up. We may need that to wake the church up. But on October the 4th, 1997, because the leadership of America will not judge Bill Clinton, America has opened the door that will start a cycle of corruption that will become the downfall of this nation. The church is the only hope, and she is asleep. I wrote that in 1997. I'm going to take my hammer. I'm going to beat those seams those rivets that are holding these seams together. I'm going to find out, to the best of my ability, who is siding with Jesus and who is entangled in the emotions and, 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 and some of the sloppy grace message that is a tolerant to what God says. Listen, we have a deliverance team here. I've seen people get healed. I've seen people walk out of terrible lifestyles. My lifestyle in addiction to sexual perversion is no different than if I was a full-blown homosexual. It was corrupt and it was demonic. I can tell you, you can get set free. And you can live a holy, God-fearing life. Now, you've got to be careful not just to attack the person. This is why the prayer thing we talked about is an absolute must because this is a heavenly spiritual thing first. And until that is taken out of the atmosphere, until that, until God deals with that over a person's life, you don't have a right just to banter and bash them. You still have to walk in love. You still have to do it right. But I'm telling you, the day of ignoring it is over. But this nation has got to be turned upside down so it can become right side up. And I hope a wave of glory turns this ship upside down.
instead of the seams coming apart and it sinking. No. Yes. I'm the only one. You're the only one that can call me not going to try at least. Being with what you just said, that this has to happen, the Lord showed me in 2005 that there was going to be such a chaos because the church did not stand up when it needed to back. Yeah, this is 33 years ago, guys. Yeah. This ain't yesterday's problem. But he also said, in the chaos, there's going to be such a pouring out of glory. This morning, when the Holy Spirit woke me up to pray, the Lord said, just stand back and watch me move in all this, in the midst of all this chaos. Yeah, there's, listen, listen, I, I have no problem with, with that prophecy because I can give you a thousand just like it. But the bottom line is, the church is still asleep. The church is divided, and we have, we have drawn our battle lines on political ideology instead of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we think we're sitting over here as a Republican, and we're right. We're as corrupt as they are. We are as corrupt as they are because we have elected leaders that wouldn't do it right when they had the opportunity. In 1997, he said the leader, he didn't say the Democratic leadership, the leadership of this nation would not judge correctly. And America is going into a cycle of corruption that only the church will be able to save it. That was 24 years ago. 12 is the number of government. 24. There's a double portion of release coming. That's what you were saying there is a double portion of release but if you don't manage that double portion with integrity with holy spirit it will destroy you and you will not be useful for the next move of god can i say something sure okay so you know how you're saying you know it's like a wave right so when you think about a wave and I've been saying like all week because I'm actually getting ready to start a new job. That's my blessing. But um, but I keep saying I'm going to ride the wave. So when you think about everything going on in the world, the whole politics, you know, there's a lot bigger things that have been hidden. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, a lot of demonic stuff that's been hidden politically. You know, so you think about a wave, there's the ocean. Ocean is dark. So the deeper you go down, the darker it is. Mm-hmm. So when you ride into a wave, everything in a wave gets rustled up in the wave, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I feel like we're in right now. We're in that wave where everything's being rustled around. So when a wave hits and crashes, things become into light, right? So it washes down, washes away, and then you see everything. There's light on the sand. There's light from whatever was washed up from the sea floor. You have to, that's how I think. That's how God talks to me. That's sure. Yeah, but but here's the thing, though. But if if you're battling fear because you've been a partner with fear, that's going to mess you up. 
And, and listen, and it's a battle to keep your mind right. It's a dude. Some of the videos and stuff, I'm like, I don't want to see this. Why? Because I'm going to have to deal with it. But the bottom, the bottom line is, here's what I heard God say. It's still, He says, this nation was given to me, and it's still mine. But I've been giving my people a window to own it. Is that window closing? Has there been enough righteousness cry out and willing to go through the chaos as he dismembers everything and dismantles it? Listen, the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, he said, you know, I called you as a prophet in your mother's womb, a prophet to nations to tear down, to root out, and to destroy. I think we're, our nation is in that season right now. And if we don't focus on to build and plant, we will become the terrorist. Sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a corporate message. But what neighbor are you praying for? What coworker are you praying? You got a team. Are you praying for your team? Good. I'm a pastor. I pray for every one of you. What leadership role do you have over people? Are you doing it? As a righteous leader, willing to have a hard conversation if necessary. This lifestyle is going to destroy you. Stop it. See, this integrity thing is serious. How many have heard me say, the Lord said he wants me at 200 pounds or less? How many have heard that? I'm not there. He said to me, you, th- you think I misquoted you because you've lost 50-something pounds. You're still not there. When he showed me that, I would go to the grocery store and read in- ingredients and found out that in the middle of what I was nu- using as nutrition was garbage. I've cleaned some of it up, but I haven't cleaned it all up. I've been calling Dan pretty much every day. What the heck are you eating? Why is your sugar 180? What is it, 260? What the heck? He's my friend, and I don't care if I make him mad, because I don't want to do his freaking funeral. Get your stinking crap together in the way you eat. Is that wrong or is that love? And he knows it. And I know how difficult it is. But there's some of this day-to-day stuff we think that the grace of God is covering is not going to cover in this next season. That's why we need each other. Dan needs that phone call. Why? Because I'm only that far ahead of him. But I'm telling you what, God said I should be here already. Do you know how stinking difficult it is to get on that bicycle and ride 13 miles when it's 42 degrees out? I asked Susie to do it for me, and she said no. <laughs> she has integrity. Oh, my God. This. Yeah, I heard that, too. Are you hearing me? I'm, I'm, I'm talking big, but I'm talking small. I'm talking to you individually. 
What poison have you allowed to be in your Bible, your spiritual nutrition? Your unwillingness to let it be a mirror and really cut you? One of the things in, in, in food ingredients is added sugar. Dude, we've been, we've been sugarcoating the Word of God so long, we don't know what's added sugar anymore. When it's black and white, repent, be circumcised of your heart, let Holy Spirit change you into His image, and then we can say, give me the power to transform the nation. Stand to your feet. Father, you said that 2020 integrity is one of the keys that we need. Holy Spirit, you said the most important place of integrity is with you. So I'm asking you, Father, to turn up the volume of your voice into the hearts of your people to where it is a absolute direct um, choice not to obey you. And then when we suffer the consequences of disobedience, then it'll be on us. And don't allow us to be a victim of our bad choices. Don't allow us to be a victim of our bad choices. Let us pay the price for it. Let us repent for it and change. Lord, this church, I declare, is no longer asleep. We're looking to feed the poor, deliver the broken, and become a light. Become a light to those who are carrying darkness. And Lord, if they come in and make a mess in the carpet, we'll clean the carpet. Lord, I want you to trust us with your power. I want you to trust us with your truth. I want you to give us a fresh oil at the doors of this building that gets pressed into the heart of every individual that comes in, and it's called an anti-offensive oil, that they won't be offended to be able to ignore truth, but they will yield to you to get healed. In any political spirit that has embedded itself into this leadership, I command it to go, to be exposed, and to be dealt with. We have one leader. His name is Jesus. We thank you for it. And Lord, this is just the beginning. We know it. I thank you for the chaos our nation is in. Because you have this great ability to speak over chaos and new creations come. Bring a new government to this nation. Bring a new government to the house of God. Bring a fresh revelation of who you are. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.